You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, definitely not in a certain half. Want to remind everyone to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. Coming to you three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings, Mark Randy with you as always. Okay, Mark, let's 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 look at the offense here because this was a game that I, I think is gonna get sort of swept under under the guise of you know, just again, we, we talked about it off the top, but they just leaned on the Chargers all night. And the Chargers are a team and especially a defense that is a bend but don't break. Uh, the Niners defense didn't bend at all uh, in the second half, but the Chargers certainly just 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 kind of I, I think they allowed the Niners to to get primarily what they wanted in the first half between the 20s. But in the second half, to me, the Niners took what they I mean, what they deserved between the 20s. The Chargers showed up to me a little bit. The big area to me for the for the Niners on offense was on third down and particularly third and longs, where I thought that Jimmy Garoppolo, even though his numbers were, were Jimmy good, 19 of 28, 240, a 94 quarterback rating, no no touchdowns through the air. Of course, did have a rushing touchdown in the first half. No interceptions. Uh, one turnover forced by the Chargers in that first half by Derwin James. Um, but the Niners didn't end up losing the turnover battle because of the late pick by Hufanga. That was that was about as efficient as I've seen the, the 49ers on third down. And look, they're fifth in third down conversions at 46.6%, including last night. They're third in the league on third and long, which is seven or more yards, 38.5%. They were nine of 17 overall on third down, four of seven on third and long. Jimmy Garoppolo did what he had to when the team was behind the eight ball, whether they could or could not run the football effectively. And that's to me where we're going to need to see consistency. It's not going to be so much as, all right, we, we got to have a total number of runs. You get to run the ball 40 times because you're extending and you're creating long drives on third down. That's where Jimmy Garoppolo made his money last night for me and the 49ers. Yeah, specifically, just to add on to those statistics there, Garoppolo on third and eight or more for the 49ers against the Chargers, six of seven passing 90 yards, four first downs, and a rating over 118. On the season, on those plays, third and eight or longer, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers have converted on uh, 45.2% of, of the time. That's second only to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs converting just a tick under 47%. So the Niners elite on third and long, uh, kind of a, an interesting number there. You wouldn't have guessed it, uh, but the Niners with all their weapons, they can spread it out. They're hard to defend because they can throw it to so many different guys. 
uh, there were a couple of different third down conversions that really stood out to me. First of all, it was in the first half, third and 12, 49ers down 13 to three, about five and a half left in the first half. Of course, Niners have the ball, a huge conversion to George Kittle over the middle. It was his first and only catch of the game. He catches the ball right at the sticks, breaks like four tackles and rumbles for five, six, seven more yards. Niners eventually turn that into the Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback sneak for a touchdown to get back within just a field goal. And then in the second half, the start of the fourth quarter, down by three points, it was the Juwan Jennings drive. Uh, these weren't really third and, and very long, but he had a third and five conversion for 11 yards. Then on second and 20, after a penalty on the offensive line, he caught a pass for 12 yards to bring him back to a third and eight. And at that point, another catch and conversion for Juwan Jennings. He got this one only about three yards beyond the line of scrimmage and then had seven yards of yards after the catch, getting the first down, making a number of tacklers miss and moving the chains. That eventually becomes the Christian McCaffrey two-yard touchdown run. It also was another third and 10 conversion on that drive when Brandon Ayuk had a uh, had a conversion, a 24-yard conversion on third and 10, all the way down to the two, setting up that McCaffrey touchdown. So uh, those third down conversions really stand out because they led to touchdown drives. And if you don't get them, the Chargers get the ball right back. And who knows, in the first half, they could have made it a three-score game. In the second half, they could have immediately kicked it back up to a two-score game. So those conversions, and not necessarily guys that you would maybe expect in Juwan Jennings. And again, it was Kittle's only catch of the game. Uh, the Niners, difficult to defend in those spots because they can throw it to literally five different guys. Anyone that's on the field that is available to catch a pass is, you know, is, you know, certainly possible to get it. You, you can't really shade one way or the other because you just have no clue where it's going. Yeah, no, they, there's a lot you got to cover. And, and the like the Chargers are also missing the number one corner. But even Asante Samuel Jr. was kind of taken advantage of at times. And I thought the Niners did a really good job of creating space for yards after catch. Juwan Jennings, I think the third and five to me is the one that stands out the most. It was just kind of like a little stick route he dumped it off in the flat and Juwan made a man miss and then got up the field for 10 yards to extend the drive I do want to before we we get back to the to the passing and receiving I do want to get your thoughts on the distribution of touches because look th there wasn't as many passes I think to go around last night just because of how the game played out obviously there's 41 rushes on the ground they had 29 pass attempts uh, 70 total plays, which was 10 above their average. So they actually ran the ball a lot more. They controlled the clock, I think, 37 minutes to 23 in terms of possession. But Elijah Mitchell returns. And I don't know about you, Mark, but I, I expected him to be involved. But I didn't expect him to out-carry Christian McCaffrey. He had 18 carries. I know Christian McCaffrey also got involved in the passing game, so it's a little bit different. I think he had technically more plays called for him than, than Elijah Mitchell overall this game. But 18 carries for Elijah Mitchell. He comes back and is immediately reinserted into the ground game. 89 yards, about five a pop. His longest run was 12 yards, so he's pretty much just consistently churning out the, those four to five yard carries against a, a Chargers defense that I thought played pretty well considering how bad they've been against the run coming in this 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 game. But El Elijah Mitchell and McCaffrey, like that 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 to me is got to be, if not the best, one of the top two or three 
duos out of the backfield in football. I know that there's one also going on in Miami with another Kyle Shanahan protege and Mike McDaniel. But if you're looking at two backs that complement each other just about as well as any backfield in the league, I know technically you could throw Debo in the backfield as well because he also got the ball on the ground. But to me, Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey, they are a, a, a two-headed monster that showed last night, even coming off of injury, Elijah Mitchell is only going to get healthier, that they can carry the load for a game between them. And it doesn't matter who's going to get you know, 20 touches, 10 carries or not. They can beat you on the ground with both of them, not just one taking the lead over the other. Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't expect Elijah Mitchell to lead the team in carries. I did think that this was a really interesting thing to keep an eye on from the start. I mean, I even I even tweeted it out pregame, like rank the following players in order of, of most touches to fewest touches in the game tonight. Like, what's your prediction? And the five I, I wanted answers on were, you know, the five stars, McCaffrey, Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. How would you think that these touches are going to be distributed? My guess was McCaffrey won. Debo Samuel two, Elijah Mitchell three, Brandon Ayuk four, and George Kittle five. It was close to right, except Mitchell was on top, and then McCaffrey uh, and Debo Ayuk and Kittle in that order. Uh, but I, I was surprised uh, that it, it, it did, you know, play out the way it did with Elijah Mitchell getting eighteen carries. He also had one, excuse me, one catch out of the backfield. Um, I think a lot of that is is the way the game was going. The Niners just were dominant on the ground, especially in that second half, which is where Elijah Mitchell got most of his touches. Um, and they were, you know, totally fine with with maybe, you know, moving away from the pass a little bit in that second half. And you get in more passing down situations, you're you're going to get more Christian McCaffrey touches because he's just such a weapon out of the backfield. And Elijah Mitchell is not nearly at that level. So I think a lot of it was situation and game script um but still i think it's it's fantastic for elijah mitchell i mean he comes back for the first time he missed what six games um and he, he comes back and is able to get a relatively normal workload in and he was really effective on the ground running hard once again uh, i think that's something to keep an eye on i was expecting a little more just design touches for Debo Samuel. I was expecting the same from George Kittle, but as you mentioned, this is a team where it might be one guy, one game. And then the, you know, the, the flip, the, the script is totally flipped the next game where you could see the opposite. Um, I do think it's something we talked about last week where maybe you have to be a little, you know, concerned about keeping everyone happy. I mean, I know that Jimmy Garoppolo addressed it post game saying, you know, talking about fantasy football owners and, you know, maybe this isn't the offense to, to have, players on your fantasy team because they can spread it around so much and it might be inconsistent but he said that they've got guys that are you know team first guys that are selfless that are willing to sacrifice as long as they get the win and that was certainly the case uh you know against the chargers last night again i mean george kittle one of the best tight ends in the league just one catch two targets debo samuel had six targets but only two catches he had four carries and he was a little bit more effective on the ground had a 15 yard carry for 27 yards total just under seven yards per carry. These are guys that were effective when they did touch the ball, which is they didn't touch it all that often. It, it, it's a great problem to have, but but again, I I was a little surprised based on how those those touches were distributed. Yeah, and the the quote that Mark is referencing was in reference to a question about both the maturity of the team as well as kind of the the buy-in, knowing that 
a guy on a given day, like you're saying, is not going to get that many targets. And Jimmy said, look, everyone on this team, quote, is not about individual stats. Uh, fantasy points for all the fantasy owners out there. Uh, this this isn't the way it's going to work. But he said, we've got a team. Like I, he said, I think it showed against the Rams. Guys stepping up showed again today. They don't care if they're getting 10 targets or one. If we get a W, a W is a W, and that's all we're here for. Now, I'm I'm with him, and that works last night. But I am curious to know what that quote sounds like if the Chargers find a way to pull that game out last night. Because the door was open, and it was open until about 30 seconds left in the game. I know we're going to look back on the on the stats and see how dominant a victory it was for the 49ers, like you mentioned. First downs, yards, second half. I mean, it was night and day. The Chargers got their lights put out, basically. But there is something to me to seeing Debo Samuel with four rushes. He had more rushes than receptions. Um I mean, Jawan Jennings looked like a more trusted target on third down than, than a guy like Debo Samuel was. And that could have been just a product of the game. But I, I, I do wonder if there's going to be some, some disgruntledness if there's not a win. Because this is such a process-based team that I, I, just, I find it hard to believe that they'll continue to be the buy-in if there is a loss and maybe that's, that's just going to be the equation for the rest of the way. Like the 49ers put together this team of, of massively talented skill position players. And as long as they win, nobody can complain, but I can also see some guys maybe not feeling that way. I, it was, it was interesting to me to hear the the tone of a Jimmy Garoppolo uh, after the game, you know, you look, he's, that, that guy's all about wins. I think, um, what he's, what was the record? Like 10 and two, um, you know, primetime games or something like that. Like, like he's, he's, he wins that that's what he does, but, uh, he's also not a guy that's going to get the ball around to everyone and distribute it extremely evenly. I, I, I don't know, Mark. I, I thought it was an interesting quote and one that, although uh, last night, a, a victory sweeps everything under the rug, um, if it doesn't turn out to be a win, I could also see guys being pretty pissed. Yeah, I, I think this is something where it might become a story if the team struggles, they lose two in a row, they lose three out of four, or you get towards the end of the season and and there's a chance they don't make the playoffs. Then, you know, you might hear maybe Debo Samuel be a little disgruntled. You know, I was a you know a all pro last year. I was the reason that we made the playoffs. I was the reason that we got to the NFC championship game. Uh and in was the main reason why we almost won that game. Uh, if if struggles start happening and, and Debo Samuel is still averaging, what, six touches a game and four of those are on the ground, only two catches, maybe you start hearing something. But I think the team, despite the fact that there were those red zone struggles, they're, they're still feeling pretty good about themselves. Again, they've won two games for the first time this season. They're five and four. They're so close. They can, they can sniff first place now in the NFC West. I think things are, you know, still coming up roses for them right now. But I agree that if this gets to a point where there's a little bit of frustration just based on final scores of games, then you might see, uh, you know, some individual players look at that box score, 
look at their touches, say, hey, this is not equal what I'm paid. This is not equal what I'm capable of. Something has to change. But as long as the team is winning and and they're on a course to win the NFC West and host a a playoff game, I think we can sweep this under the rug rug like you mentioned. But it is something to kind of keep an eye on and, and, and check back in on every so often. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 